1: Toyota, Let's Go Places.
2: Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HouseStuffWorks.com. Wait in the house. It's a
3: good
2: portion.
0: to the podcast this is josh that's chuck this is stuff you should know how do you smell chuck i was out of deodorant this morning so how, how are you holding up <laughs> eh. well this is we got a good three and a half feet between us yeah so Pl- plenty we're of fine this yeah. is fine um you heard this is a, a non-usual uh, opening for this podcast you yeah. didn't hear but oh i heard oh you did okay earlier today yeah Okay, so that's the um, that's the last few seconds, I guess, of The Fly, the original 1958 version starring Vincent Price. Yeah. And that is the um, the inventor named Seth Brendel, who... Um, Brendel Fly. Yeah, <laughs> who has converted himself into a fly. Well, switched heads with The Fly, right? Mm-hmm. Switched bodies, I guess. And now he's a tiny little fly man who's being attacked by a spider on the spider web. You know, I just saw the... the- Cronenberg version a couple of months ago. I think I told you that. Yeah, it holds up For the first good. time. Yeah, except I don't understand why. Um, oh, what is his name? the The main guy, Goldblum. Goldblum. I don't understand why Jeff Goldblum um, decided to add, uh, I guess, a, a kind of like sexy arrogance to his character because it came off weird.
1: Hey, that's just the Goldblum. He can I do guess nothing so. I guess so, man. <laughs> the Hefe brings that to everything he does. He's <laughs> tripping with it. So, Chuck, we, uh, we played that
0: part of the fly, not so much because we could, although that was a large part of it, mm-hmm. but because we can explain what is on that little fly body now. That's right. We've read how flies work, and specifically how house flies work, by Stuff to Blow Your Mind's uh, Robert Lamb. Who's been popping up a lot lately, hasn't he? Who Roberts work? Yeah, 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 good stuff. And he just kind of
1: pops in to the cubicles and says, "Hey, how's it <laughs> going?" A lot lately, and we go, oh. "Yeah, uh, yeah." The housefly, fly, Josh. Um, if you're if you live in a house and you're got flies flying around, you got about a ninety percent chance that that is an actual uh, Musca domestica. Yeah, the common housefly.
0: fly. That's the that's the house fly's name. That's right. There's not some other more exotic name. No, it is. On all, um, initial appearances, one of the more mundane bugs ever. But it's actually pretty interesting, if
1: you ask me. And disgusting, because they carry lots of, uh, diseases, like typhoid fever and salmonella, and leprosy and cholera. Isn't that crazy they carry leprosy? Intestinal worms. Well, I knew that. Bacteria that can lead to
0: dysentery. I didn't know that they could, uh, they could carry leprosy, though. I didn't either. You know, I always equate leprosy with nudism. Because they both they both live in
1: colonies. Oh, really? Yeah. I always think of leprosy when I think of leprosy, I think of the Bible because growing up in church, that's where I heard about leper colonies and leprosy. Sure. Yeah. And lepers being healed and all that. Exactly. Have you ever seen the fog? The second one, I guess. No.
0: Oh.
1: oh. I what what mean, the, the it remake? Could, yeah, or the, the fog re- too. Was there Fog too? Oh, I don't know. I mean, John Carpenter did the original Fog, I think. Right. right? This is the remake.
0: Oh, no, I did Where the people attacking were lepers who were turned away, and now their ghosts have come back for vengeance. I think that was the original as well. Oh, was it? I didn't realize they were lepers. I thought they were like pirates that had been um, um, crossed or know. something. Jeez, we need to get our act together. I know. That's <laughs> such a good movie. The first one.
1: Yeah, I'll check it out. I just Although, watched The
0: Thing last night.
1: Oh, that's a great one, too. Yeah. Wow. And I had a, a fairly voracious Alien versus The Thing uh, comments on Facebook. I heard, or I saw. People get into that. I, I definitely say
0: alien is badder, but the thing is more disgusting. A little more twisted. Yeah. All right. This has been a long setup. It flies, <laughs> huh? Yeah. So, Chuck, um, we, we've got down that they spread disease, right? Potentially. Um, one of the things that kind of cropped up while I was reading this is it was kind of an expansion of everything I'd always knew about flies. Yeah, we all know a little bit. Which I find very reassuring. You yeah, know, it's too. not like quantum suicide where it's like everything you think you know is just completely <laughs> unreal <laughs> right. and just go ahead and stop thinking now. This is like, yes, you understand house flies. And here is some more information about them. So I guess kind of this is almost like an elementary school Episode, which I find, I I find comforting and reassuring. I like it too. Let's talk about fly anatomy, housefly anatomy. And if I accidentally say fly, if you accidentally say fly, we mean housefly specifically, right? That's right. Oh, and dispersed throughout the
1: podcast, we will have fly facts that sound like this. So when you hear that, it's going to be a new fly fact. So Josh, if you're talking a housefly body, it's like uh, a lot of insects. It's got an exoskeleton made of chitin. And it's got three sections to the body. You got the head. Right. You got the thorax. And you got the abdomen. Right. And as everyone knows, this is the, this is actually isn't a fly fact, so no buzz. But, uh, it is a fact, but it's not one of our fly facts. So no, Every, no jingle. No jingle. Everyone knows that the fly has all those tiny little bitty eyes. And like you said, it's reassuring to know that's exactly what they are. They're, uh, two common eyes divided up into three to six thousand simple eyes. Yes. And it's like a bunch of little video monitors because they can't focus on one uh, little thing in particular. Right. It's like a mosaic. Right. Uh, But I also got the impression that
0: it's like a mosaic, but each little eye is kind of its own. It's representative of the physical grid. It makes a grid of its physical environment, right? Yeah. So I I wonder if the fly is like, oh, there's a movement in sector 90,000. That's what I wonder.
1: And like, I go focus on that one simple eye to see that, you know, piece of poo on the ground that I need to go, you know, waddle right. through. Or there's a human um,
0: wh- who's coming toward me or something. And, of course, by sector 90,000 G, I meant
1: sector 3,000 to 6,000 G. <laughs> right. Yeah. So uh, those are the eyes. And there are also a couple of little, um, I think, three uh, Ocell eyes. Or if you're in, Itali- in Italy, Ocelli. Ocelli. <laughs> And they are between the two compound eyes, and that's sort of like a compass that keep the fly oriented and ideally flying toward the sun. Okay, so I think that this should be the first fly fact. All right, let's do it.
0: Okay, uh, Chuck, the reason houseflies are commonly found kind of flittering against a window... Because they're stupid. No, oh. that's a fly myth. <laughs> okay. The fly fact is that their ocelli or ocelli? The uh, to simplify, that mm-hmm. act as the compass, uh, orient themselves upward by finding the sunlight. They're all constantly searching for sunlight, okay. which is
1: why they always go to a window or a bug zapper.
0: That was fly fact number one.
1: All right, I like it. Uh, on the head, Josh, uh, which is where a lot of the action takes place with the fly. Um, they get their sense of smell from their antennae, right there. Uh, for tasting and eating they have a proboscis which is a little plunger like thing that sticks out from the bottom of its mouth yeah and uh, I'm sorry the bottom of the head um they have little feelers two of these and they are uh max uh maxillary palps yeah yeah and then they are the tasters and at the end of the uh, proboscis you have the labellum which is um is that the mouth the little yeah. spongy part
0: yeah it's it's like a sponge mouth like it, it's not like an open mouth that you think of. It's like a sponge on the end of the prob- proboscis. Okay. Where you just suck.
1: I said proboscis, didn't I?
0: It's close. It's man. proboscis. It's alright. <laughs> Sorry about that.
1: No, it goes either way. And that always makes me think of, uh, adaptation. Chris Cooper's character talks about the proboscis of the orchid. Oh, yeah. Jerry's in there just saying yes.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's really weird. Uh, apparently she's, um, guest starring in this episode. <laughs> She's paying attention for the first time in weeks. So, um, Chuck, there's a, a huge, huge little uh, thing that you, you pointed out, that um, the uh, the labellum, yes. the spongy mouth, uh-huh. doesn't allow solid food in. And we're going to get to that in a minute, but just keep that in mind. Yeah. That's fly foreshadowing, not a fly <laughs> fact. But we've come to what I think
1: is fly fact number two, don't you? Are you going with the uh, the biting? Yeah, the biting. Okay, fly fact number two. Uh, houseflies do not bite. If you get bitten by a fly, it was not a housefly. Not a house fly. It might be a horsefly, and you know those in the summertime when you're in the pool, they'll land on your head. Yeah. And bite the tar out of you. Or it might have been your little sibling, brother or sister. That's true. And what other, uh, did they list another one? Stable flies. Which are, yeah. Hor- yeah, horseflies.
0: They're, they're, they kind of take care of all the horses at once, where a horsefly is just like, I just want this one horse. Right. That's my take on it. All right. So that's fly fact two.
3: Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids, but I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today.
0: Hey, everybody. It's time to talk about Squarespace. And in particular, Squarespace's Fluid Engine, a next-generation website design system only from Squarespace. It makes it easier than ever for anybody to unlock unbreakable creativity.
1: That's right. That's because you start with a best-in-class website template. Then you customize every design detail with reimagined drag-and-drop technology for desktop or mobile. You can stretch your imagination online with Fluid Engine, built in and ready to go on any new Squarespace site.
0: Yep, you can use your site to easily sell custom merch through your online store. You can upload, organize, and access all your content from one place with your asset library. And those amazing website templates are all flexible, with designs for every category and use case.
1: That's right. So just go to squarespace.com/stuff for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code stuff to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. So,
0: Chuck, um, we are on to wings now, which isn't necessarily a fly fact because it's so essential, right? Uh, Back in ancient times, which was up to 65 million years ago, as I understand. Okay. um, That's how long houseflies have been around, okay? Uh Uh-huh. They had two sets, two full sets of wings. And nowadays, in our modern times, it looks like flies have, houseflies have one set. That's not necessarily true.
1: Yeah, if you're a little Jerky kid, a little myoclonic jerk, and you pull the wings off of a fly, you probably think you're just pulling off two. Yeah, and you may be because those are the large ones, but there's little tiny guys under there. They're called halters, right?
0: Yeah. And the halters, or actually, if you if you pull the halter off, these little tiny wings um, that are underneath or above. Uh, I think they're underneath. They're underneath the big wings. Um, they allow. They basically allow the fly to move quickly in the air, right? Yes. To um, to maintain balance, mm-hmm. a, a a direct direction. Yeah. Hover. Yes. Um. And so, if you remove one of these, it can only go in circles. If you remove both of the halters, the fly can't get to can't, isn't airborne at all.
1: Yeah. With those two big wings, it still can't fly. Yeah. Without its little halters. Yep. It's pretty good, but not a fly fact. No. Very interesting,
0: nonetheless. But the uh, the big wings, the large wings that you see when you look at a fly are the ones that do the real heavy lifting,
1: right? Yeah, we're talking 200 to 300 uh, flaps per second, and they can go about four and a half miles
0: an hour. Which I I would have assumed they could go faster than that. Yeah, me that. too. I can run four and a half miles an hour, and it's... And I've seen flies zipping by me when I'm running. Yeah. Uh so Chuck first I don't know if you said the, the all of the moving parts, the wings, the legs, all this stuff, um are located in the thorax, right? Yes. So you've got the two sets of wings up top and then below that you have the uh the different legs. And the legs are well, they're they're standard legs, they're segmented and jointed. Mm-hmm. But the most interesting part for me about the fly legs, the house fly legs, are the tarsi, right? Yes. Which are little tiny hairs on the end of the legs that act as pretty much the same thing as uh, taste buds do for us. So that's why a fly, um, that's why it'll land on food. It's not just landing. No, it's, no. it's tasting to say, do I want some of this? Yeah.
1: And most of the time the answer is yes. Yes, and we'll get to the, the gruesome truth of that in a moment as well. Right. My favorite part of the legs <laughs> is the polvillie. Yes. And they are little moist suction pads, and they are the little grippers. So that's why when you see a fly, uh, jump on a wall, fly into a wall, and just all of a sudden they're like Spider Man. Right. Walking up the wall. Right. Little grippers. Or that's how Jeff Goldblum did it. With some Zwadaviv as well. Right. Thrown in there. Uh, and then the abdomen, <laughs> they have the key organs, uh, which are the, uh, reproductive organs in the female, the oviposter. And the, uh, male has the ediagus. And I actually looked that one up. Nice. <laughs> and that's not how I would have pronounced it. But these little, uh, little things retract when they're not in use on both the male and the female. So they stay protected there. It's very aerodynamic. Yes. It would be very unaerodynamic to have
0: the ediagus just kind of flapping in the wind <laughs> yeah, as that's the flies <laughs> zipping around the house. Yeah, it's like putting the landing gear down a little too soon. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, so, Chuck. You, you We already foreshadowed what's going on with the, um, the mouth, the yeah. sponge mouth. Mm-hmm. The labellum? Right. Yes. Um, that it can only accept liquids. Well, not everything a fly eats is liquid, right? No, not if they want to chomp on that steak or that dog crap. Or dry blood. Yeah. Um, when a fly encounters something, well, first of all, part, when, when the, it accepts food into the labellum, it basically sucks it straight into the stomach. Yeah, if it's liquid, it's good to go. So when it lands on the food and it finds that it can't, um, it can't just suck it up. Uh-huh. Um, it it basically tries to crumble it with the end of its proboscis, right? Yeah. At that point, it's got tiny little. It, it's it's smaller. It's more manageable. Sure. And then it pukes on it. Yep. That's step two everything you've ever heard about flies vomiting on you um or your food or whatever when they land is absolutely true.
1: Yeah, I thought I th- might have thought that was an old wives tale in yeah.
0: this article. No, it is true. Um what the fly does is basically spit up saliva and digestive juices onto the little crumbs that it's made using its proboscis, uh-huh. right? Um and it sits there for a couple of seconds thinking then <laughs> and then it, it tries to slurp it up. Yeah. Um, and, and Robert makes a really good point in the article. This sounds extremely disgusting to us, right? Yeah, sure. But the fly isn't doing anything we don't do. Right. When we take food into our mouth, we chew it, we masticate it, right? Mm-hmm. Saliva is attacking it, starting to break it down, and then it goes through our esophagus into our stomachs. and is, it, it becomes digested by juices. The fly
1: is just doing the same thing, but on the outside of its body. Yeah, because it doesn't have teeth and jaws. We have the decency to keep it all internal, so right. we don't go into restaurants and puke up onto our plate. Yeah, that just would that would be untoward. So if there if the um,
0: if this food is kind of an, in an in between state, um, and it's been spit on and vomited on and left, and it's still not quite right. Yeah. It gets moved to the crop, right?
1: Yeah, I, I see The What should we call this? Fly Fact? Oh, sure. Okay, Fly Fact, uh, what is this, three? Yeah. There's a crop, like you said, and, uh, instead of just, um, saying, oh, well, this, this little bit of crumb isn't quite liquid enough. Let me just go fly to another one. The fly is pretty efficient. So they say, actually, let me save this for later. Stick it down another hole into the crop, and in the crop, it waits. And then they'll pass it back and forth, maybe add a little more uh, digestive juices, throw up on it a bit more. And they do this until it's uh, ready to be, you know, until it's liquid, ready to go down the chute. Yeah. It doesn't waste
0: its food. No. No. That was Fly Fact 3, right? Yes. There is one thing, you know, we said that the fly is not really doing anything differently than we do to our food. It's just doing it on the outside. Yeah. That's still horrific and disgusting because... Um, not only is the the fly carrying possibly leprosy to your sandwich, <laughs> when it throws up on it, yeah. it's probably throwing up something it just ate, which, as you pointed out, could be dog poop. Yep. Could be blood. Uh, yeah. Could be the you know poop from a leprous dog. Uh huh.
1: Something like that. Yeah. So when you you're at, at a picnic or something and you see that fly on your Sammy. It's probably, and if you see it moving his little hands around, Mm -hmm. it's vomiting disease on your food is what it's doing. Right, exactly. Potentially disease. Not always.
0: No, and plus you don't underestimate the human immune system. I mean, we all have oh, white sure. blood cells. You know, we yeah, all yeah. we all can mount a pretty decent defense unless we have some sort of immunodeficiency. And if we do have that, then, then we're probably in some sort of treatment for it. So, <laughs> for the most part, I mean, it is gross, but you know, I think in yeah. in modern times where we got the flies under control, at least you know here in the West. Yes, Um for now until the apocalypse comes, the the rise of the flies. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um. Do you remember that part in Amityville Horror where oh, yeah. the priest is like yeah. he's covered in flies yeah. and starts sweating? And Very who was that? Rod Starger? Uh huh. Yeah. Nice. Get out! <laughs> I would have been so out of there. Um, Chuck. Yes. We talked about their sexy bits already. Mm-hmm. What do they do with them? What's
1: the fly family like? A fly family, Josh, is like uh, many insect families. They uh, male will chase down a female and impregnate her. And it happens really quick. She's ready to lay her eggs, uh, toot sweet, and uh, they don't stick together after they mate. They separate, and the and the mother doesn't even guard the eggs like a lot of uh, species do. It's she, one one night love affair. Yeah, and she basically dumps the eggs in what she deems to be a safe place, and she's like, "I'm out of here." It's a one night
0: stand followed in child abandonment. And how many eggs does it lay at a time? Did we get that? Up to nine hundred over the life cycle of a fly.
1: Okay, in a life cycle, I think they said the average lifespan is about three weeks, but it could be three months. Yeah, I don't think a fly can
0: live physically beyond three months, but yeah, the average lifespan in reality, because of fly
1: swatters and things like that, <laughs> right, um, is like 21 days, I think you said. Yeah. So uh, the life cycle um, is a lot like uh, most insects. It's got uh, the egg and then the larva, then the pupa, then the adult. Uh, warm summertime is optimal. It takes about seven to 10 days. To go from egg to adult. And they go through, I think, three molting stages. Uh, the little maggots do, don't they? Mm-hmm. See, you know this. You know
0: all this. You learn this in, in school. Isn't it <laughs> nice to know this? Yeah, it yeah. is. Very nice. So, Chuck, um, with the maggots, the first stage, is the most interesting stage, we've arrived at a story that I have. Oh, boy. When I was in college, um, cooked steak, I, I threw cooked steak. And really, actually, now that I think about it, I guess i probably trimmed some raw meat off. Okay. And put it in the garbage can as is normal. A garbage bag in a garbage can. The kitchen garbage can. Okay. And I get up the next. So I'm, I'm a normal person. You're I'm not like break, some freak, right? I throw and steak away. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, so I, uh, I I get up the next morning and I go into the kitchen and I wonder, why is the kitchen floor moving like that? <laughs> oh, man. And I kind of followed the floor as it went up the um, garbage can and mm-hmm. into it. And I realized that my kitchen floor, it's a small kitchen, granted, but my kitchen floor was covered in a living layer of maggots. The whole thing? The whole thing. Wow. So I'm like, I've got to get rid of these. What, how do you take care of a maggot infestation? Holy cow. And I tried bleach mm-hmm. first, did nothing to them. What? Didn't even slow down one of them. Really? I ended up having to walk all over them. <laughs> well, that, yeah, that's the old-fashioned way. That's stuff. that's what I had to do. And for, I did not actually have a fly infestation after that, so I guess I got them all. But they make a horrific little popping sound. Did you have, have like snowshoes or something at least? No, probably nah. like hiking boots or something. Like right. That. Oh, it was in Athens. Why were they all over the floor? Was it from the steak they in the garbage came can? Out of the garbage can yeah. overnight? Yeah. Like wow. Like that. That's frightening. But that, I mean, that follows with um, what we know about the housefly life cycle, that larvas hatch um, within a day. Right. And and don't forget larva, and, and by larvas I meant larva with an E on the end, mm-hmm. um, equals maggots. They right? breathe out of their butt, right? Didn't we learn that somewhere else? Yeah. So they never have to stop eating? Exactly. So they're just like this little fleshy, worm-like thing with uh-huh. a hooked mouth that just does
1: nothing but eat. And poop, yeah, because they breathe out of their butts, and molt, like I said, three stages, and in in the third uh molting stage, you know it goes uh it gets a little darker and enters the pupa stage, and that's the the larger protective shell, then it fully develops and out comes a beautiful butterfly, or a disgusting
0: <laughs> housefly, <laughs> yeah. like uh Bart and the
1: Simpsons, yeah, and how to like
0: what Bart and the Simpsons, there's a tree house of horror where. They redid the fly. yeah, that's right. He's like
1: that mindless, Uh like the fly with Bart's body is this mindless eating machine. Yeah, that was one of the earlier ones. That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, And then they get out of their uh, little shell there with a temporary swollen bump because they can't chew to get out of an egg uh, or the shell. So they they literally use this bump on their head to crack their way out. And then after they get out, that bump uh, deflates and it just becomes part of the head again. I wonder if
0: it's unique to each fly, like they can recognize one another. From the bump. By the bump on the head.
1: Like I don't know, and I didn't. there wasn't a name for that in here either. No, it's just a swollen bump. All right, fly fact number four. Yes, so
0: we talked about a fly, it can't live longer than three months. That's right. That is if it's existing outside of diapause, right? Totally fascinating to me. Yes, so diapause is basically like suspended animation or hibernation for yeah. a fly. Basically, if there's no food around um, and there's no predators either, and the fly's like, I'm going to see what's going on a few months from now. The fly can basically <laughs> shut down its its life processes yeah. to this state where it can just exist without moving. It's like a state between life and death for a, a few months, right? Yeah, And then wake back up and be like, it's the future. Or it's winter, and I'm dead
1: <laughs> soon. That's another part. Because don't they only live during the, the warmer months, or do they? They don't live all year round, do they? They thrive in the in, in warmer, the okay. warm, muggy areas. So, Josh, surely these things add nothing to the world aside from being disgusting little creeps. Agreed. Not true. You don't want them in your house. Well, remember, Chuck, these are one of the one one of
0: like. Three bugs that you and I agreed are are fine to kill. Yeah. What
1: else did we say? Ticks, M- mosquitoes, and mosquitoes. Ticks, and uh, this is the only non-blood sucker.
0: Yeah. Interesting.
1: It's a poop eater though, and that's why you don't want it in your house. But they are good. Um, like all flies in the world at large, great source of protein. Uh, they break things down in in into smaller bits for other bacteria and life forms to feed on. Right. They, they are an important part of any ecosystem oh, yeah. that they live in. I mean, there's
0: nothing here that's useless, right? That's right. Okay. I think they even found a use for the old appendix, didn't they? They did. Doesn't it, like, um, combat cancerous growth? I can't remember. I believe so.
1: Uh, and I think uh, they even use maggots in uh, freshwater fishing, uh, raising commercial fish. Like tilapia? Yeah. Tilapia. Love them. They use uh, pupa. The pupa
0: is high in protein.
1: Oh, Okay, so that's what they feed them—little freeze-dried pupa.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And you know, if you're if you're a survivalist or you're in a bad situation, <laughs> out in the woods, and you need to survive, maggots. If you get like a rotted uh, a rotted tree on the ground, you want to eat those maggots. You'll eat it. You'll eat it, and you'll like it. I would do it, and I'm not down with that stuff at all. But I would do that, of course, to save myself. Uh, full circle entomophagy.
0: Oh, yeah? Nice job, Chuck.
1: Thank you. Do we have time for one more fly fact?
0: I I think so. I
1: think, uh, w- yes, we do. All right, fly fact number six. No, five. Five. Ancient civilizations actually made regular sacrifices to the fly gods to keep the swarms out of their houses. And temples. Because they thought they were harbingers of uh, harbingers of sickness and death, even though they didn't know the science behind it. They, flies are
0: just, there's something about them. Yeah. They are, um, they're disgusting. They're unwholesome. That's the word I'm looking for. They <laughs> are inherently unwholesome. Yeah. So if you want to keep flies out of your temple, right, mm-hmm. you have several options available to you, right? Yeah, keep a clean house. That's number one. That's the smartest thing to do. Don't, don't, don't leave, like, your carton of milk open and just sitting on the counter or when the you're doing the shots. Trash.
1: Of it, right? Yeah. Or the steak in the trash. Yeah, Emily makes me throw away food. Uh, like I put it in a bag and take it out to the garbage now. That's what we do, too. That's what you do as adults in college, though. I think so, yeah. It's like scraping the trash. It was in a kitchen garbage can yeah. with a top. I mean, in college, I would have left that plate out in the living room on the couch. I've always been fairly clean. Yeah, me too.
3: Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. (laughs) Download the Zigazoo app today.
2: The future of customer experience is here and it's faster and better than ever before. It's time to introduce your business or organization to nice CX one, the world's most complete customer experience cloud platform. CX one is the ultimate all in one solution to turbocharge your CX results. So you can say goodbye to long wait times and frustrated customers. With CX One, you can achieve faster customer resolutions with every interaction, all thanks to the power of one complete cloud platform. It's now easier than ever for organizations of all sizes around the globe to create extraordinary customer experiences all while hitting those key business metrics. Whether you're a startup or an established enterprise, Nice CX One has everything you need to engage customers, deliver smart self-service and optimize agent-assisted service. When you choose NICE, you get unlimited cloud scalability and flexibility. So visit NICE.com today and take your customers and business into the future. That's NICE.com. Uh, what else hey, can you do? Clean.
1: <laughs> Biological control. You got the old Venus flytrap, mm-hmm. which, you know, if you can keep them healthy, they're kind of tough.
0: Not just that, at the, end of the, um, at the end of the fly, that was at the beginning of this podcast. Right. He's caught in a spider web, which happens quite a bit. So, uh-huh. uh, sp- as long as the spider is not going to kill you and your family while you're sleeping, just leave it alone because it's going to control the fly population tremendously.
1: That's right. And farmers, even there's some uh, commercial farms that actually buy uh, parasitic wasps to, you know, eat larvae. Right. And take care of flies for their crops. The uh, taro wasp. That's right. Taro uh, keep your windows and doors shut. That's kind of obvious. If you're going to keep your door open in the middle of summertime, you're going to have a lot of flies. I think that's funny that that even warranted its own bullet point. <laughs> yeah. And the fly swatter did, too, actually, physical control. Yeah. And fly paper, which is disgusting.
0: Yeah, it's it's gross, too. I mean, especially around food. Like, if you see that in the kitchen at camp. Yeah. You know when you went to camp? Oh, yeah. you walk past the kitchen, there were, like, flies there. It's like, get some
1: glass glaze these windows what is wrong right. with right or at least change the flypaper every day that's something too uh there's bug zappers and then i, I wouldn't even endorse uh pesticides for house flies you, you don't want to be spraying that stuff in your house but that is an option for some people yeah. it's just not for me they can be very dangerous
0: and as anybody who's ever seen a bug's life knows the bug zappers actually get bugs high it's kind of like a hallucinogen to them
1: Oh, was that what happened in that? Yeah,
0: I remember the guy that got zapped. The bug got zapped. He's like, "Oh, that was far out." (laughs) Really? (laughs) Something along those lines. Yeah, bug zappers are fun. So, Chuck, (laughs) you got any more fly facts or anything? Uh, no. No. Nope. So we're done with house flies. I'm done forever. Yep. Uh, house flies. Just as, as disgusting as you always thought. That's right. And you already knew everything about him. So, everybody, give yourself a pat on the back for this one, right?
1: Yeah, and you know, we should mention, if you use a fly swatter, it's a lot of fun to smash a house fly, but... You leave behind quite a disgusting mess. Yeah. You mean we will
0: not allow house or, uh, fly swatters in the house?
1: No, we don't. We haven't owned it. They're, they're really kind of gross. We haven't owned them. That's wrong. only second to the pooper scooper for the kitty litter as yeah. far as disgusting gross, uh, devices in the house.
0: Or the toilet scrubber next to the toilet? Yeah, or the plunger. Yeah. yeah. So that's it. Now you know what uh, chucks in my houses look like. Yes. Right? Uh, If you want to know more about flies and you want to see these fly facts in text even, you can type in houseflies in the handy search bar at howstuffworks.com, which of course brings
1: up listener mail. Uh, Funny or sad? Funny. Okay. I'm going to read the Hodgman exchange.
0: Oh, Oh, really? Yeah. I was thinking we wouldn't do that and end up on Judge John Hodgman. Uh, maybe
1: he'll litigate us if we just pretend like he doesn't exist. We'll see. I'm going to read this, though. Our buddy uh, Johnny Rocket Hodgman. <laughs> John Kellogg Hodgman. The rocket is his maiden name. He uh, has a, a podcast he does through Jesse Thorns, uh, Maximum Fun, Sound of Young America, called Judge John Hodgman. We've plugged it before. Yeah. He settles minor disputes between friends, lovers, Husbands and Wives. Yes. And it's very funny. Uh, so John writes this last week, and there is a fan that said, I wish to file suit against the Stuff You Should Know podcast. And this guy is complaining about the fact that we said in the Scooby-Doo show that there were the uh, Boston area campuses. Yeah, the five
0: the five colleges yeah. that were represented by the character, supposedly. It was one of the Scooby-Doo myths, and we said that they're all Boston area colleges. Like, what ones? Uh,
1: Amherst, uh, UMass, UMass, Holyoke, yeah, Mount Holyoke, it's North, Northampton, and uh, all right, that's the ones we'll get to. So, <laughs> March 18th, 839 a.m., Judge John Hodgman writes, uh, to stuff you should know. Seriously, guys, see this below. <laughs> the five colleges are in the Connecticut River or Pioneer Valley of Western Massachusetts, specifically Amherst, Northampton, and Holyoke, Massachusetts. Uh, This is painful to me, not only because this is Hodgman country, but it was, uh, which uh, is manlier than marble country, actually. Yeah. (laughs) It it also has more argyle. (laughs) That's right. Uh, It was indeed while driving up and down the tobacco fields along the Connecticut River that I first came to enjoy your podcast and to admire your great knowledgeability. Wait, you say, tobacco fields? That is right. The Connecticut River Valley produces what is historically the most prized shade tobacco in the United States. Massachusetts tobacco is still dried and used as wrappers for fine cigars. Were you aware of this, in all caps?
0: <laughs> yeah, he loves all caps, does
1: he? He's very intimidating. Uh, someday <laughs> I even hope to show uh, this fine country to you, my semi-hometown and my total home state, and to remind you of the great motto of Hampshire College, to know is not enough. I look forward to hearing this letter read in its entirety on your podcast before you force me to humiliate you on mine, that is all. At 9.57, Chuck Bryant writes back, Boy, John, did we hear about this one. It made it abundantly clear that the fine people of Massachusetts need to get right with one another and cease to throw up walls between themselves. There is enough segregation in the world. At 10.04, Judge John Hodgman writes, So you have already run a correction, then. I must have missed it. That was sarcasm. (laughs) Uh, At 10.06, Chuck writes, We have not and shall not take part in the continued segregation of the fine people of Massachusetts. That is all. At 10.08, John writes, You leave me no choice but to mention this on my own podcast. Oh, good. And I respond to him, And you leave me no choice but to scoff at it publicly on our podcast. This is like a nerd battle at this point. Yeah. And then John writes (laughs) very seriously, You don't want to go down this road, Chuck. Just read my letter on the air before this gets ugly. (laughs) I finally responded, If anything gets read, shall be the entire exchange, John, complete with your threatening words from the alleged judge. And then he writes back, finally, you are a monster. (laughs) And that is the end of the exchange. That was a great dramatic reading, man. Thank you.
0: Thank you. And
1: thank you, John.
0: Beep. 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 And uh, sorry, I guess, to everybody
1: who was offended by that, which was a substantial amount of people who wrote in. I guess in Massachusetts, that'd be like saying, equating Macon with Atlanta or something. And we would say, no, 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 Macon's not even close to Atlanta.
0: Yeah, but I don't know if I would um, uh, point
1: out the difference angrily. Well, plus they were disassociating from Boston. Usually you glom on to the big city and they were like, no, 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 we're not Boston.
0: Yeah. This one yeah. So I don't know. I don't get it. I don't either, but um, to each his own, as we always say, right? That's right. Uh, if you want to litigate us somehow via email, maybe, you can contact John Hodgman. Um, we should probably give his personal email out, huh? Yeah, <laughs> since he was so kind to copy ours. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, you can contact us first, and we'll see if we can put you in touch with John. Um, you can reach us via Facebook at uh, facebook.com slash know. You can tweet to us at SYSK Podcast, right? Um, And then you can always send us a good old fashioned email, which we're always appreciative of, although no longer respond to every single one, be aware. Um, That's Stuff Podcast at HowStuffWorks.com.
2: For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. To learn more about the podcast, click on the podcast icon in the upper right corner of our homepage. The HowStuffWorks iPhone app has arrived. Download it today on iTunes. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours, and all content is fully human-moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Hey, everyone. The Easter Bunny
1: is coming early this year. That's right. Easter is Sunday, March 31st, and with free in-store pickups, CVS makes it easy to get everything you need for brilliant baskets and happier hunts. You can find delightful toys, Peeps-themed egg decorators, pre-filled Easter eggs packed with goodies, and so much more. So hop to it and get your order fast with free CVS pickup. Visit cvs.com Easter for details.